0: I think that it begins with just reminding yourself that you're worthy of it. You're worthy. You absolutely are worthy at the very least of a place to pump. You are worthy of having a more flexible schedule to accommodate the fact that you are a parent. You have things, as you said, you're an asset. So the things that you might have to accommodate for does not diminish the value of the product that you provide. So really owning that and understanding that and believing it for yourself, I think helps you to be a better advocate for yourself.
1: Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now and class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club.
2: I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Today, we have Raina from the Working Momtrez. Raina is an HR professional by day and by night. She runs an incredible online community at Working Momtrez, where she discusses all things motherhood, marriage, careers, and parenting. She is the mom of two boys, Axel and Asher, aka the tiny tenants. And today I wanted to bring her on the show to talk about how we can really survive and thrive as working moms, especially during the COVID season that we're all in right now. So, Raina, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here.
2: I'm very, very excited. I would love to hear, as someone who is a working professional, not an entrepreneur in your nine-to-five, why did you decide to start this Instagram community? Where did the idea come from, and what's that process been like?
0: Sure. Sure. So when I turned 31, I felt like I was on the verge or in the middle of a spiritual awakening and I loved to write and I just started to write my way through it. So I had something called the Chapter 31 Project. And when I turned 32, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, how it was going to evolve. And I heard something say the working mom And I wanted to work with working moms or just share encouragement for working moms. And by the way, all moms work. Um, just just to give working moms that encouragement. We need it. We absolutely need it. And so that's how it was born.
2: I want to back up a little bit because it sounds like you wrote for a long time before you started sharing and inviting other people in. Was it, was it private for that year, the 31 year chapter 31 project? And then you decided, okay, I really want to reach out and help more people. Or what was that process like?
0: So, um, I should back up a little bit. So I actually went to school for journalism. Oh, I did Yeah, I graduated in a really crappy time for a journalist. I was going to move to New York City and write for Vibe magazine. And it folded and more magazines were folding. So I was like, okay, well, I got a pivot. And I was working in higher ed and I did some freelance journalism on the side. So I always love to write, but I kind of put that in a box. Once I stopped freelancing and just decided I wanted one job, I just continued to work in recruiting and HR um, and I just came back to it. I just felt something coming, telling me to come back to it. So the chapter 31 project was a public Instagram, but it was just my friends and family and some other people that found me somehow. And then I just decided it was Martin Luther King day of last year. I just knew like it was the time I knew I wanted to do something different and I decided on the working mantras and it's just been growing from there. So it's been a little bit over a year.
2: I love that story. Cause I think there's, it's so often that we do put our jobs quote unquote in a box, right? And then there's this passion or something that we're excited about, but it doesn't really fit into the job that's paying you right now. And so sometimes it can be harder to find the time to make it happen and bring it to life. And I think that's so beautiful that you said, okay, now's the time. And I, I read your writing on Instagram all the time. I'm a big fan of your work. It's a lot of time and dedication that goes into that. So why working mom trust? Why was, did you feel just the need to support other working moms? Is there like a, story, a particular instance that you felt like you weren't supported or why, why is this your passion?
0: I think that moms in general, and this goes back to um, something I read in Untamed by Glennon Doyle, It's where moms are taught to be selfless. So the absolute absence of yourself, you put your kids first, you put your partner first, you put a clean house first and you're last. So it's no wonder that moms feel like they don't know who they are anymore. They don't know what their passions are. They don't know when it comes to self-care. Okay. Like, what is it that myself even wants? You don't know because you're not in tune with yourself because you've been putting other people first. And I just thought that we really need to, first of all, we're asking moms, working moms, the wrong questions. How do you have it all? That's not the right question. How do you define all for yourself? How do you make space for the things that make you feel alive? How do you realize that you don't have to do it all? And what you should instead focus on is what are your gifts and how do you bring that to yourself first. How do you give that to your family next? How do you give that to your career? Um, and instead of trying to do it all, just what's your zone of genius? What are your gifts? How can you be in a position to give those things out? And so instead of it being soul sucking, you're like actually feeling that life givingness of operating in your unique self and your unique gifts. And I just thought that of course, moms could benefit from this. Of course. So why not?
2: I'm over here. Like I'm, it's taking everything in me to not pound on the table in, in agreement <laughs> with you. I definitely think there's so much pressure to fit some standard that someone else created of what a perfect mother, perfect, you know, career woman having it all. We talk about having it all, all the time, but what does that mean to you to have it all? You know, it doesn't necessarily mean being a high powered lawyer who also gets to see your kids. This looks so different for everybody and really figure figuring out what do I want so I can build a life around that. So what would you say to that mom that's in the position where, you know, those identity lines are blurred? Maybe she's been at home for a long time and hasn't been focusing on her career and wants to get back into that. Or maybe her career has been taking over. She's not feeling quote unquote balance. What advice would you give to really look introspectively and create that identity again?
0: I would say start with the things that you love or you're enjoying. So for some moms, maybe you've been staying at home and you realize that you really like planning stuff at your kid's school and you want to do more of that. And maybe it's at their school. Maybe you want to branch out into something entrepreneurial. Maybe you want to do events in the corporate space, whatever that might look like. I just, think that you should start with the things that you're good at and the things that make you feel alive and say, how can I get more of that? How can I tap into that? What is it that I'm feeling? Um, And even if it's the absence of, if you're like, I don't want to feel this emotion, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, what is it that you want to feel instead? And how can you get that? What are some rituals that you can do to connect yourself to that? So like, it could even be I want more, more attention. And maybe it's not your partner who needs to give you attention. It's you who needs to give you attention. So is that taking an hour on Saturdays to say, hey, I'm taking an hour or two to to run around with no kids. And I'm going to listen to the music that has all the bad words in it. Um, (laughs) The good kind. The good kind. (laughs) And I'm going to just be by myself, you know, and in a post COVID world, maybe it's going to a coffee shop and just like, writing in your journal yeah. and just figuring out what who was i before all of this what is it that i like what is it that i enjoy and how can i create more of that i love that question who was i before all of this and a question i'm going to add to
2: that if it's if i may yeah. i always ask myself who do i want to be after all of this and just like yeah. reminding myself that this is a period in time i'm not forever going to be I'll always be a mom, but I'm not forever going to be doing <laughs> virtual school and making sure people eat lunches and things like that. I think that's a such good, such a good question. And something that came up when, for me when you were talking about that, I think sometimes it's hard for us to know what is our passion. What do I want to do? But I really like tugging on that other end of it. What do I not want to do? What is not bringing me joy? What's, what's the thing that I want to remove from my life? Um, that's i think can be very illuminating as well okay so you mentioned some like rituals and habits can you walk us through some of your favorite rituals and habits and routines to you know feel this peace as a working mother
0: sure so i feel a little bit out of whack i think everyone does because of covid miss rona and that's okay rona <laughs> My daughter
2: has a, since this is a mom podcast, I never like lean into the side of me. My daughter has a doll that she got in March that is named Katie Corona. I feel like this like whole season of life is, yeah, we can call her Rona.
0: It's so like, how do I adapt to this time? Okay. I'm not going to the gym right now, but there are, I live in Florida. This is the time of year where it's nice outside. It's not unbearably hot. I can go on a walk. And so this morning, I was thinking to myself, like, I can take a walk every morning. It doesn't have to be a grand 10,000 step in one go walk. It could just literally be I'm giving myself 15 minutes before I start my workday to go around the block. Like, I can just set a minimum effective dose or a minimum barrier to entry to get something done that makes me feel good. So... It could just be, I want more movement. So instead of like, what do I want? And and this is just kind of the flip side of what we were talking about earlier. Instead of, I want to lose 15 pounds. How about, I want to do more movement. I want to do movement that brings me joy. I don't want to do movement that I think is going to help me lose the weight the fastest. I want to do the movement that makes me feel connected to myself, that makes me feel appreciative of my body, that doesn't feel like punishment. Um, more of that. Yes, please. And so it could just be, okay, I want more movement. I want to, instead of, I want to read 52 books this year. I want to read more. So how can I get get creative to read? I could do audio books. I could, and so while I'm working or washing dishes or whatever the case may be, I can listen to that. Um, just, Instead of putting, I think it's so important to hold yourself accountable to goals, but also we're in a period of time where we need to show ourselves grace, that these are not normal times and that this is not necessarily the time that we're going to be functioning optimally because we're not in optimal conditions. So instead of doing nothing, what is the one thing I can do that's going to help move me in the direction of where I want to be? And it may not be perfect, but there's no such thing as perfection. And this is coming from a recovering perfectionist who's like, oh my gosh, if I work out, I've got to do X amount of days of lifting yeah. and have to do X amount of times of cardio and I need to do th- or it's just not worth it. But no.
2: I want to repeat something you said. We're not going to be performing optimally because we're not in optimal conditions. I think that like, whoa, take take that in. We're holding ourselves to a standard that is impossible to, like it's an impossible, st- it's probably an impossible standard in normal times but I feel like even more so we're holding ourselves to an impossible standard right now. And something I was thinking about as you are talking about this was this need to like produce and achieve. If we're not getting results, if there's not those 15 pounds gone, then what was even the point of, <laughs> of exercise? And that mentality, right? Losing 15 pounds isn't going to make you any happier ever. I don't know who needs to hear this, but that is never going to make you happier. But moving your body more, getting more serotonin, the, the movement in itself is going to bring joy to you. So I think something I've been working on is creating goals that are feelings-focused instead of results-focused. Mm-hmm. And I know you talk about this with career. I think a lot, you, you mentioned that a lot of times we expect our career trajectory to just be up, but what if it wasn't? Can
0: you talk right. more about that? Yes. So I have a friend who I actually was chatting with yesterday, and she was like, I just can't focus on getting a promotion and Zoom school my kid and do this. Like, I'm hanging on by a thread. What if we just accepted that this is not the season for getting a promotion? That achieving is just making it through this time mentally intact. I mean, to me, that's totally acceptable because a lot of people are not making it out of this time mentally intact. And we need to just lower the standards of these pre-corona expectations. And instead, where are we now? What is happening now? What is it that I can do now? And accepting that it's okay, that it looks a little bit different, that we cannot necessarily be focused on Promotion, 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 or what's next, or sometimes it's just maintaining. And that's okay. That's like that's a period of rest that we're going to have to take right now. And we need all the rest that we can get in this moment of time. And it's just a season. Seasons change. We don't know how long this COVID season is going to be. If the end is in sight, don't have an exact date, but we can be preparing for life after the Rona. We can take this time instead of figuring out how, what my trajectory, lamenting the fact that my trajectory isn't up, 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 or we can figure out like, okay, what can I do while I'm in this space? Is it the space for me to be learning a new skill Mm -hmm. instead? Is it the space for me to go on a flexible work arrangement and work 80% instead of 100% so that I don't feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends? All of that's okay. It's just a season. Making a choice doesn't mean you're locked into not ever getting a promotion again just because we're in the season. I love that.
2: And I would also like question you, okay, if you're wanting a promotion right now and you're feeling disappointed about not getting it, is there another means to that end? Like is the goal of the promotion the five, 10% pay increase. Like, is there a way that maybe you could create that and a flexibility on a Saturday side hustle that actually brings you joy and you can do with your kids? I think that personally, I felt a lot of re-evaluation of my goals, right? right? Do I actually want the thing that I said that I wanted or, you know, is it okay to be content with the life you have? I think as high achieving women, I'm going to make some assumptions about us as listeners right now, (laughs) as high achieving women, we're kind of built to want the next thing and more, more, more. And so what have you done to kind of talk yourself off that cliff and help yourself? Are there any particular like mantras you use or things like that to help, help you feel like I have enough and where I am is good enough?
0: Hmm. Let me think. Um, I think that one thing that I lean on a lot is it's safe for me to rest in unexpected outcomes. There could be something in this time that I don't even know that's coming for me or something this time might be revealing, like at least for me, it revealed how much the working mantras means to me and how much we need encouragement more than ever. And if I'm here to just cheerlead and make engage with my community on Instagram, like I've already achieved the thing. I'm already walking in that path. I don't even need to necessarily worry about where it's going or how fast it's going or how hard I can. I just need to show up for it. And so another thing is, I can be consistent in this time. I can show up for myself in this time. I can. Give myself the rest, permission to rest, I can modify my definition of achieving to something that I can achieve because I make the rules.
2: Oh, I love that. One of the things they say about entrepreneurship a lot is that half of the game is just staying in it. Like so much of achieving any goal is just being consistent, continuing to show up when you don't want to, when it doesn't feel comfortable when things aren't going your way. And I think applying that here, you know, you don't have to be having huge leaps and strides as a, a, in your career, in your relationships. Like if you are just showing up as your full self every day, that in and of itself is, is an achievement. That's beautiful. And also if you can't do that some days, that's okay too. I know I personally have had a lot of days during the pandemic that I've stayed in bed and felt my feelings and that's allowed as well. I think giving yes. yourself permission for that.
0: It is safe for you to feel your feelings. You're not going to die from feelings. It might hurt. Feels it might, like it sometimes. <laughs> it sucks sometimes, but you're not going to die from disappointment. You'll recover. Just do what you need to do to take care of yourself and accept whatever emotion is coming up for you. When you accept it, you can see what needs to change in order. And Because emotions are just like the seasons. They're not ever going to stay. They're not permanent none of this
2: is permanent. You're not going to die of disappointment. I don't know if anyone's ever said that to me and I'm over here feeling like, but sometimes I feel like I might. Right. What, what great advice though to apply to, you know, asking for that promotion, taking the leap in entrepreneurship, all these things that when we hold ourselves back because of fear, like what is the worst case scenario? You're disappointed, right? Like That, that, that is the worst case scenario. Oh, I like that. I'm gonna write that on my wall. You're not gonna die of disappointment. (laughs) My ego just might be a little hurt. Okay, I'd love to hear um kind of dive into some more like personal stories around what your experience has been like. I know you've got young-ish kids, you got a three and a six year old, right? Four and a six year old. Three and five three and five, you just told me that, and I still gave them an extra year. You got <laughs> young kids, so what would be the biggest struggle that you had going back to work after having kids, and how did you overcome that
0: so the hardest thing for me was realizing that I can't work at the same pace that I could before kids, and also that my values had changed, but I also I did not accommodate for my i accommodate my goals to my values changing. I assumed that I was going to be the same person after kids and that I'd be able to perform exactly the same when in reality, I have no desire to log back on at 11 o'clock at night after my kids have gone to bed and I've tidied and done everything I needed to do. I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to do that. And I won't be in a job that requires me to do that. I will be a little less ambitious to take care of myself in this time. And I had to learn that the hard way. I had to learn by going for the job that I thought I wanted and maybe not succeeding in the way that I wanted to or having to take a step back or reevaluate or deal with mental health stuff that came up as a result of being an overachiever and a perfectionist and having to deal with the fact that, oh, okay, I'm a person that lives with anxiety. I'm not going to let it mm-hmm. run my life, but I still need to make accommodations for yeah. what triggers that and how can I be kind to myself?
2: Did you feel like you had support? Did, did you feel like, I'm, I'm thinking back, it's been a long time, but since I was a new mom, I feel like you're going through all these changes at work and nobody really asks, like they'll ask how you're sleeping, but nobody really asks, you know, are you okay emotionally? Is your work, like, can you handle your workload? What, what advice would you give for someone in those like first seasons of motherhood um, to really help them adjust to, like you said, their goals being different than they were and showing up differently?
0: It starts with asking for help. And sometimes you don't even know, like, okay, you don't know that you need to ask for self- help. But you have to really tune into yourself enough to say, you know, I can't do the things that I used to do. Like, I might need to ask my boss or whoever that I need to, I have a hard stop at this time. Or I need accommodations to be able to pump. Or, and I need like a a clean space where I don't have to, for me, it was like, why am I having to kick somebody out who's definitely not lactating? of this room. Like in just being able, not feeling afraid to ask for what you need and also be assertive in what you need. Being a mom is not a burden. It makes us more resilient. It makes us more able to pivot. It makes us more able to see different sides of things. It's not a burden. And so we can't treat it like a burden or apologize for being a mom. It's, this is a part of my life. This is a part of what I do. And I will need X, Y, Z, and the third in order to continue to perform.
2: And really advocating for yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think that there's been a shift and maybe more understanding about what it's like to be a working mom when we've got Zoom meetings and everyone's at home in their living rooms now, and there's kids coming in and out. And I think I, for me, I always felt like I was kind of ashamed to lean into that side because I didn't want people to think I couldn't do my work or I wasn't focused or I was asking for, can I please not pump in the locker room? Can I please get a private, <laughs> a private space? Or you know, I'm late to the team meeting because I was pumping, and I think that there was a sense of like apology around it. Like, I'm sorry, I'm the special circumstance that's always asking for extra stuff. So how can we lean into that stronger that actually I'm, I love what you said. I, my, the fact that I'm a mother is an asset. I'm bringing more perspectives to the table. How can we lean into that and feel confident in asking for essentially more, right? Like I need you to understand that my scenario
0: is different from others. I think that it begins with just reminding yourself that you're worthy of it. You're Mm -hmm. worthy. You absolutely are worthy at the very least of a place to pump. You are worthy of having a more flexible schedule to accommodate the fact that you are a parent. You are, you have things, as you said, you're an asset. So the things that you might have to accommodate for does not diminish the value of the product that you provide. So really owning that and understanding that and believing it for yourself I think helps you to be a better advocate for yourself.
2: I completely agree. Okay. I would be remiss to not ask you as someone that is a content creator, you've been doing this for a year during a global pandemic. In addition to holding a job and being a mom, how are you creating space to write and curate and grow a community?
0: So on Sundays, a lot of times I'll just say to my husband, I really need some time. I need some time to write. Before that, it was, I need time to meet with the person who's helping me with my website. I need that time to meet with her and talk to her and talk through some things. I will not be available for this block of time. And just now it's like, okay, I'm going to give you the time on Sunday. I'm going to go to my parents' house with the kids, or I'm going to do this, or I'll put on a movie so that you're not interrupted, so that you have the time to do what you need. And so for me it had to I had to get comfortable with you know asking for what I need and taking what I needed in some circumstances like when I felt like the asking was treated a little bit like a nuisance it was like yeah. no I'm going to be taking this time and I only have this time because the person who's working on my website is a 3 hour time zone difference So this is the time that we have available. I will not be meeting with her at 10 o'clock at night during the week because it's more convenient for you. Thanks.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I love that. And it really resonates. My husband's phenomenal. I've been doing this for a long time. But at the beginning, a lot of our conversations were like this, particularly around money. And I remember it wasn't until I said, this is what I'm doing here's why you can support me or you cannot, that we really started to get some headway. And I think sometimes if you ask, hey, can you take care of the kids at some point this weekend so I can get some work done? That's a very different conversation from, I'm closed between noon and 4 p.m. on Saturday. I'm going to be at the coffee shop or I'm going to be in my office with the door locked. Uh, I want to make sure that you're on the same page. We can make that work with both of our schedules. So that you can take full responsibility of any needs the children might have during that time like that's a very different conversation and it demands a level of respect right mm-hmm. i think so often we fall into or i feel this way at least being raised in the south in a very conservative background like the woman has the responsibility for child rearing and the man's role is to work and i think a lot of us struggle with you know reestablishing this dynamic and it's very different to say hey can you you know watch the children than it is to say hey here's what I'm going to be doing at this timeline. I want to make sure that, you know, our kids are going to be taken care of. I'm not asking for permission to have my own identity and my own life. I'm letting you know, here's my plan. I want to see if you're going to be able to port me in it.
0: Right. And also if you have something you'd like to do during the week that falls during hours that we might mess, might be tag teaming, let me know. And yeah. I'm happy to do the same thing for you. Right. It's mutual respect and
2: understanding that we each have our own identities and goals. We want to both achieve what we want to achieve and get where we want to go, and it doesn't need to be a trade off. But you have to have that open conversation and be willing to ask for what you need. I think about I'm thinking about a friend in particular um, that has has talked to me about this a lot of times. So I'd love your advice that she's had a hard time having these conversations and setting aside time because it kind of felt like you know every time she would say something, it it just wouldn't work out. She didn't get her husband's support. So if you're not in a situation where you feel like your partner, your spouse is supporting you taking that extra time, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what advice would you give?
0: (laughs) If it's something that is important to you and you want to get it done and you just need the time, then for me, it's always, you can either help me with this or I will be contacting outside help, a babysitter, someone yeah. to make sure that I can get this done because it's important to me. So you can either help me financially, <laughs> or <laughs> you can be the emotional support that I need during this time. Yeah, I completely agree.
2: That's such good advice, and I think as women in general, I'm still working on this, doing a better job of advocating for what I need. And it starts with figuring out what what is the goal, what do we want, what brings me joy, and then being able to communicate that to. Not just you know partner, but friends family i 'm sure you have a great support network that 's helped too outside of just you know you and your husband and I think sometimes we forget about that like we are very interconnected creatures, and we probably have a friend down the street that might swap kids for a day. I did stuff like that all the time when I couldn't afford childcare, it was like, okay, I can take your two kids on Friday morning. If you can take mine on Tuesday afternoon and you can go to the gym, like whatever you need to do, but this is, I really need this. Can you make this happen? And I think, you know, we have resources available to us if we're willing to ask.
0: That's right. Just keep, if ask your village or create a village or whatever you need to do in order to feel supported. That's the other thing. When you feel supported, you're more willing to ask for what you need. And in the absence of that, you have to support yourself. Mm,
2: I agree. How can we show up for
0: our other mom
2: friends really well during this time?
0: So what I've done is if I can't catch up with somebody in real time, Marco Polo has been such a great way for me to keep up with mom friends from around the country. Like, Hey, just want to let you know, I'm thinking about you. And then I get an update a couple weeks later or the next day, depending on what people have going on. And just, I think also the permission for, you don't have to respond right away. Yeah. We're still going to be friends if it takes you two minutes or two weeks to respond because I know everybody's got a lot going on. So I hadn't heard from a friend. I didn't take it personally, but she's like, Hey, I know it's been a while. My whole house got hit by COVID. And I'm navigating some other personal stuff. And like, it's just been crazy. And so I can show up in a little app and just be like, hey, I support you. You need some Uber Eats. I got you. Whatever you need to make this time easier. You're in Colorado and I'm in Florida, but I'm thinking of you and you mean a lot. Or dropping something in the mail, just a note, anything just to let people know and your other mom friends know that they're important to you and that you're there for them.
2: I think it's so important, especially when we're so isolated right now to remember that there are still ways, you know, I might not be able to physically bring you dinner, but I can order Uber Eats. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I might not be able to like physically sit across from you and hold space for you, but I can on Marco Polo. I can on Zoom or FaceTime or voice notes and just making sure that I know I have felt so grateful for the friends that have reached out to me that it can be a month apart, but Hey, we, we are in this together. I feel like our mom friends really need the support right now. So take a minute after you listen to this episode and reach out to a friend that you haven't reached out to in a minute and just send them some love. You can go grab a quote from Reina's page and send it to them by text or DM. Um, Reina, I would love to hear more about like the specifically building a business because I didn't... And content online. I didn't realize that you've only been doing this for a year. So what are your top tips for a new writer, a new content creator to start out building community? Can you give us like your top three tips if you're starting over again last year, what you would do differently or the same, maybe?
0: Uh, One consistency. So it doesn't even have to be so much of, I'm going to post on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. It's, I'm going to have two posts a week. That gives you a little bit more flexibility in there. And maybe you can work up to specific days of the week, but consistency, um, engaging with your community. So even if there's one comment, just Responding and <laughs> responding to DMs outside of a like or a heart and getting the, taking yeah. the time to get to know people um, and engaging with people that have similar interests on Instagram. Cause that's like, those people are probably your people too. And then the third thing is for good writers, they just write. So you just got to keep writing. It's not going to always be the best post ever but just keep practicing. See what resonates. Notice trends of who, of what posts garner the most attention and how can you tailor your content to include more of that. Like people really like it when I talk about my body and they like it when I talk about marriage and like admitting that those feelings can be messy and hard. And, you know, people I don't think are necessarily looking for a highlights reel. They're looking for how can I identify with this person? How does how can I feel seen by this person and not less than by looking at their content? Mm. So how can you make it feel like an inclusive space for the community that you're serving or showing up for?
2: I think that's so important. I really do think it used to be a lot more like, look at my amazing life. And I think, We've, especially this year, like, please stop showing us, right? We're all living through a global pandemic, but there's a couple of things that you said that really resonated. The one, like, if you only get one comment, respond to it. I always think of this as, like, if somebody, if I hosted a party and only one person came, like, this is maybe a terrible pandemic, an example of party, <laughs> but you wouldn't just ignore them right? You right. wouldn't just be like, oh, I can't talk to you because like the cool kids aren't here yet. Right. And I think sometimes the beginning stage of a building community. It feels that way. I'm just started on like TikTok like a week ago. <laughs> Who knows? I'm all keep up, but so far I've been consistent. And I remember that first time that there was just one comment and I was like, oh, this feels kind of awkward and uncomfortable, but it would feel awkward and uncomfortable in real life too. Right. If there's just, it's, more comfortable sometimes to be there's five or six people around. And so I think just getting past that level of uncomfort. Okay. I'm I'm talking to strangers on the internet, but we're showing up for each other. And then it really just grows and snowballs from there. And I loved what you said about consistency. It doesn't have to be every day and it doesn't have to be every Tuesday and Thursday either. Cause sometimes I feel like that's what gets overwhelming. I committed to Tuesday and Thursday and something came up on Tuesday and I didn't get my post out. So I'm just doomed. I'll just quit now
0: right. You still have to keep showing up. You still in whatever. And if you need to adapt so that it fits your needs, your personal needs a little bit better so that you just need to adapt it in such a way that you can succeed. Even if it's one post a week and showing up on stories every other day, whatever is going to be the thing that feels comfortable and easy for you. And going back to that one person who's commenting, the people from the beginning if you engage them they're going to be with you. They're going to be with you when you had 25 followers and when you have yeah. 3000 followers and they're going to be the OGs and they're going to bring people to you and be the loudest champions of your work.
2: I actually think that's how I found you. My sister I think was one of your like first followers and she shared something that you wrote and I was like, "Oh, I like this." So, I think it's a a good reminder that and going back to what you said earlier, even if you just help those five people, your job is done. You're already inspiring working moms. You're already doing the work, right? If more people come, great, but you're already showing up consistently to serve for the people that are there. And that that's what's filling your bucket for you, right? You saw a need and you're filling it.
0: Exactly. And it's like, the other thing is, I have a website. I need to do something with the blog portion of it, but I can just I've already created all of this content. I can repurpose it. Like the cool thing is like, you can repurpose what you've already made or you can use a popular post and turn it into a reel, which I know you're like, you need to get on reels. I haven't quite gotten there yet.
2: (laughs) I will put no pressure, but I love reels so much. You know
0: this about me. Um, But there's just so much you can do with the things that you've already created. You don't have to recreate the wheel. I think that also makes it feel a lot less intimidating or you can tell the same story in a different way from a different perspective with a different, at least for me, like the mantras, I can talk about resting, but that looks different from in a career Mm -hmm. sort of way. Like, and I can talk about overachieving in my career. Like all of these things start to build on each other and flow together. So the longer you, the more consistent you are, you'll see that this content kind of feeds each other and you're, you're going to be able to, start to draw, not parallels, but be able to, your work is going to become more cohesive the more that you show up.
2: One of the most consistent things that I feel from you during this conversation and from your Instagram account as well, is just like a sense of peace that it takes the pressure off. I don't have to create original content from scratch every single time. I don't have to post on a really, I am allowed to give myself grace to figure things out in the way that works best for me. And I think it talks about that standard we talked about a little, oh, previously and everything doesn't always have to be on an upward trajectory to be worth it and to be beautiful and have value and worth. So I just want to, on a personal note, I want to thank you for that because I always feel like when I read your posts, I feel like whew, I'm doing, I'm doing enough. I'm, what I'm doing is working and hearing you talk about content creation in the same way completely agree. We can reuse a post. We can write it again in a different way. It doesn't have to be so hard. And a lot of times that's pressure we put on ourselves and not necessarily no one said, Hey, you got a post on Instagram three times a day, but sometimes we can put that pressure on ourselves. So thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Welcome. And I also feel I hope I don't lose my train of thought, but I only, this goes along with the mom tour this week. I only want the people that want to be here. So I don't need to stress myself out being in all of these different places and doing all of these different things. I firmly believe and I'm at peace with the fact that the right people are going to find me. The right people are going to amplify my work. Um, I don't have to stress about any of this. That doesn't mean that I'm not, I'm not making things happen behind the scenes, but it also means that I have a level of peace about all of this. I know that I'm walking in the right direction and that I don't have to stress. My my community is still going to be there if I take a break because I haven't set the standard that I'm going to kill myself to be on Instagram and on every mode everything that Instagram is telling me I need to do. I know that like I'm at peace with the fact that what I'm doing is enough and when I feel it's time to pivot I'll pivot and when but the the main thing is that the right people are are they are already here and that they're going to continue to come.
2: This was such a beautiful conversation. I just like listening. I feel like you have a, such a calm demeanor. And whenever I listen to you talk, I just feel confident and I can do this. So I hope you guys listening, uh, we're able to really have some incredible takeaways from this conversation right now. Where can we find you learn more, get ongoing inspiration from you?
0: Okay. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at theworkingmomtras, M-O-M-T-R-A-S. And I also have a website, the same thing, theworkingmomtras.com. And um, let's see, I think that's it for now. Those are like the main places that I hang out. So just find me on Instagram or my website. And then I also send out mantras once a week. So get on my email list. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Raina thank you so much for having me. Huge honor, huge fangirl moment. I am so delighted to be here.
2: So many working moms that have been
1: inspired today. We really appreciate you. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class.